But the, the thing about gossip is that we all are prone to do it because there's something in us that enjoys hearing little tidbits of information that we didn't already know that someone brings to us. And you know how it goes. It's like you hear this thing that uh, you hear something about somebody or you hear something about something and it's like, hey, did you hear? And you're like, what? Did you hear what went down that blah, 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 blah? And you're like, oh, what? Well, what did they do then? What did they say then? And it's like, it, it's kind of like exciting. It creates this little adrenaline rush. And here's what the scripture says in Proverbs. And we're going to look at several Proverbs this morning. Proverbs 18, verse 8 says, the words of a gossip are like what? Choice morsels. I mean, they're like M&M peanuts. <laughs> and they go down. To a man's inmost parts. That's just something delicious about a juicy morsel of gossip. And I don't know what it is. I think it has to do with our heart. There's something about the human heart that really enjoys it. It feels good. Matter of fact, to tell somebody a piece of gossip can feel good because you feel like you're in the know about something. You're bringing value to this friendship by letting your friend know something they didn't already know about somebody else. And so it has this, this kind of sinister way of bolstering our weak self-esteem, our lack of security, and so we, we, we get this kind of pleasure out of it, and it feels empowering. Researchers have found that falsehood spread quicker and last longer than truth on social media. Do you believe that? Yeah, it's true. Twitter shows that false news was retweeted far more often than true news was. It's carried further. Half-truths, uh, gossip, falsehoods travel significantly further, faster, last longer than the truth does. Uh, one research team from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, they researched this and they found that it takes truth to travel. It takes truth six times longer to find its way to its landing point than falsehood does. I think this is interesting. Pastor Glendy, I don't know, where are you, Glendy? Are you in the house? Are you in the house somewhere? You're hiding somewhere. She turned 50. She turned 50 uh, recently, a couple days ago, and, um, and I know she wouldn't mind me telling you this, because <laughs> my wife kind of put something out on Facebook that was, like, not all the way true. I'll put it up here and let you see it. Said, my dear friend, Glendy is turning 60. <laughs> and there's Glendy in her sombrero having fun. And the funny thing was, man, that, 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 that piece of gossip that, that wasn't all the way true, not at anywhere, 10 years off, I think, it traveled really fast. Look at that, 73 comments, 111 likes. Who knows, probably up to a million by now. I don't really know. Cool comments, though. I enjoyed some of them. Like one person said, Glendy, I can't believe you're 60. You look so good. You couldn't be a day past 55, you know? <laughs> just some pretty fun stuff out there. But it's just the way that these things work, you know? And Glendy, she's funny. She told Tisa that, you know, next year on Tisa's 70th birthday that <laughs> it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. 
The funny thing about gossip is that the more times it's shared, it goes through these different iterations and to the point where it becomes further and further and further away from the truth. And uh, maybe you've played the game when you were a kid, you know, the telephone game, where you get like kids in a line and the teacher will whisper one thing, like a sentence to one, the first kid, and then they're to whisper it and kind of pass it on down the line to the last person and then find out. And it's normally pretty funny, you know, at the very end, what is actually what they heard all the way through that little chain. You know, it starts with like, you know, uh, be careful of a bug's booger. And then it ends up, I love cheese bagels, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's just like, really? Like, what? How did you get that out of that? But that's the distortion that happens through whispering and through gossip. What does gossip mean? The Bible says this. It's translated whisper. That's what a gossip is. Somebody who whispers something to somebody else. It's the passing on of information about a person that's unconfirmed and missing facts or context. And the fact is that if you've ever been stung by gossip, it normally starts small and grows to something bigger, right? And it's very difficult to stop once it gets going. Uh, and it, it doesn't just affect adults, it affects children. I mean, it starts on the playground, you know, where one kid kind of likes another kid and then it starts spreading all over the place. Or you hear something about somebody's family life and pretty soon it goes from, you know, a dad and a mom that broke up to now the dad's in prison or something like that. And it can affect somebody for years to come. The problem with gossip is it's very difficult to see it in yourself. It's very difficult because it often happens in friendship circles and it just feels so innocent. And just like, hey, we're just chatting and sharing information. And so we happen to have these large blind spots in our life. Gossip comes in so many different forms, right? It's not just... And it's normally never with somebody with bad intentions. It's not like, hey, I want to bring this person down. I mean, every now and then it's that, but most of the time it's not that. It's just kind of shared innocently, joked about, whatever, and it ends up hurting people. Christians can be guilty of this as well, and it can come in the most weird ways, like in a life group through the word of sharing, you know, or prayer. Have you ever heard it in prayer? You know, oh, man, we need to pray for Frank. Oh, really? What's going on with Frank? Everybody hushes. Well, you know, I noticed this week he was kind of chumming up to this lady at work, you know, Amy. And I don't know if you know Amy at work. Like, ooh. And so they hung out three times this week. And I'm really concerned. Let's pray for his sexual purity, you know. It's like, what are you talking about? That is ridiculous. It's nothing but gossip cloaked in pseudo-spiritual language. Remember, with the tongue, we have the power to give life or to bring death. And what do we want to be known for? We want to be life givers. My observation is that most people, it starts very harmless, but what happens is the pain it causes, the person who said it isn't even around to experience. You say something about somebody else that is not based all the way around facts, and that person ends up being hurt, but you're not there to see the pain that it causes. Gossip can hurt people. Let me talk about three people it hurts. First, gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28 
says this, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife, gossip separates the best of friends. Have you ever had a friendship break up over gossip? Have you ever had a family member uh, that you ended up with a falling out because of gossip? Maybe it just started with something simple that you shared, like maybe this innocent crush you had on some other person. It was never going to go anywhere, but then it was shared. And then all of a sudden, it comes, somebody blabs it, and it comes back to haunt you. Or maybe you confided in somebody that you had an addiction, an addiction to drugs or to pornography, and then all of a sudden you find out a lot of people heard about it, know about it, and it ends up hurting you and actually hindering you from coming out of that addiction because of the shame that's heaped on top of you. Or maybe, maybe it's just a struggle in your marriage and you talk to somebody, uh, whether it's at work or at church or somewhere else, and all of a sudden it's, it's out there and it ends up blowing up in your face. Gossip separates the best of friends. Gossip also hurts the listener, the person listening. And we would think, man, that just seems so innocent. I didn't do anything. I'm not the one doing it. I'm just listening. And yet Proverbs 17 verse 4 says, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Another way of wording that is just it's wrong to listen to gossip. And don't think for a moment if the person who's talking about somebody else won't end up talking about you, given the right context and situation. And if we're going to allow people to run other people down, then we're actually participating to some degree in it. What we permit, we're promoting. Through our inaction, it's actually empowering that person. I was talking to a friend not long ago, telling him about uh, my grandson, who's down in Phoenix, struggling at school recently uh, because he had learned some bad words out on the playground. And, and I was telling him about that, and his immediate response was, are there a lot of Hispanics at his school? And I was like, whoa, time out, dude. That is totally inappropriate. What are you talking about? My, my grandson learned those bad words from some potty mouth white girl. <laughs> Huge stereotype, right? And he, he, he caught it pretty quick, and he's like, oh, you know, my bad, right? And we all make mistakes in what we say, and we need to give grace to one another, but we also need to call people, politely if possible, uh, on those things that, that are blind spots for us. Because we, gossip doesn't just happen with individuals, it can happen with whole people groups, right? Isn't that where stereotypes and prejudices kind of keep getting their, their fuel from, these kind of lies? Maybe you've heard the, the, the gossip about immigrants and refugees bringing nothing but problems into our country huge stereotype, not based on truth, and it needs to be pushed back on. The refugees who enter our country are the most screened, vetted of all people who enter. They're smart, hardworking contributors to, contributors to our economy, and I have had the privilege of befriending many of them, and it's been awesome. Great people. Gossip hurts the person who's being spoken about, gossip hurts the person listening to it, 
and gossip hurts the one who's speaking it. Proverbs 25 says, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. The interesting thing about listening to gossip is that even if you listen, you know, if you're the one gossiping and someone else is listening and they don't push back on you, that you can end up losing your own reputation over that by being a gossiper, by spreading these mistruths. Because if it comes out that you were wrong, you end up getting labeled as somebody that people do not want to be around. People do not want to grow up and become like you. You know, so it's something that we've got to be incredibly careful with because you could spend your life trying to earn a reputation and then lose it through gossip. Gossip says more about me than it does about the one being gossiped about because it says that I've got to feel important through spreading information that I haven't verified. I have to feel valued because I'm in the know and I'm the one with the resource and I'm and 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 by putting others down we're trying to lift ourselves up. So what can we do? What, what do we do, right? That's kind of the bad news. The good news is this. Here's a couple things we can do. Get all the facts. Proverbs 23, verse 23 says, get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to all the good sense you can get. The biggest mistake I've made in relationships is, is judging too quickly with too little information about another person that I don't know enough about. Somebody comes to you drawing too big of a conclusion with too little information. They come, they have a piece of information, and it's easy, isn't it, to kind of visualize what the problem is, to visualize where their character defect is, to visualize what the pro what, why they didn't show up to work on time, or why they broke a policy, or why this, or why that, rather than going, you know what, I bet I'm missing some information. I need to take a step back, and I need to collect more information, and I need, to, I, I need to approach this as if I really don't understand everything. And that has been, uh, that's saved my bacon on more than one occasion. Going to the source, going to the person, having a real conversation. Not just going off of somebody who tells you something that they supposedly know. You can often stop gossip by asking this one question. Have you gone and talked to the person directly? And often the answer is, uh, no. Because gossip gets its energy from having things passed on and not going back to the original source and having it verified and checked out. And when we do that, we're able to, when we collect the facts, when we go to the person directly, we're able to actually act wiser, speak more intelligently, make better decisions, and to speak life into situations rather than death. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 18. He, the context is Jesus was t talking about when you have trouble with your brother, when someone has hurt you or you've hurt uh, someone else, and there's, there's two believers in conflict with one another. He said, if a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell him. Work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. 
If he won't listen, take one or two others along so that the presence of witnesses will keep things honest and try again. He's saying, go to the person, you and that person alone. Go privately. Go to the persons. Think how many relationships could be preserved if we had just better conversations in person with the person that we have a conflict or that we heard a rumor about or that we're having trouble kind of judging something that they've done. Go, speak to them. Gossip separates friendships. Going to the person in person can actually bring friendships back together. Instead of gossip, what if, what if we were caught whispering something positive about somebody else, something of value, something affirming, something that edifies and builds up. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, I love this verse. It says, therefore, encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. Building people up is more fun than tearing people down. Get caught passing something on to another person about another person that's good. You say, well, how does that work? Well, it might be as simple as, hey, did you hear about Phil? No, what? Oh, he aced his finals, man. Oh, did you hear about Amy? No, what? Oh, she spent her whole weekend serving at Serve Spokane. Gosh, I want to become a servant like her. Oh, did you hear what um, Jim said about you? No, what did he say? He said, you're the youngest, sharpest leader he's ever met, and you have wisdom beyond your age. Oh, he did? Yeah. <laughs> what if we became those people who were looking to insert things into people's lives, making deposits, whispering things to people that were good about other people? Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, what would that look like if we did that as a church, if we did that individually, if we did that in our life groups, if we did that all of the time? I love it when things, you know, kind of on social media go viral that are good things, which is not nearly as often as bad things going viral. Uh, maybe you read the, about the student who was at the, praying at the pool and it's that praying at the polls, that annual event in, in schools where students, Christian students are encouraged to go to their flagpole and kind of gather around, maybe hold hands or just sing and pray boldly out in public in front of all the other students and just pray for the school, pray for our nation. It's a great thing. And so here's this student and he's, he's out at his flagpole and he's all alone, right? This is a photo of it. And so he starts, and these are his words, he starts by praying, oh, God, bring some other people, you know? <laughs> Very lonely here right now. And wouldn't it be easy for the gossip mill to start, like, who's the nerd out by the flagpole that doesn't have enough sense to come in? But instead, there were some people who saw it, and they began to kind of uh, put things out on Facebook and say, man, there's this kid, and he's out there, and it's pretty amazing that... I don't know who's, 
his parents, but man, they must have done a great job raising this kid. What kind of character would a kid like that have that would hang out at a flagpole all by himself? The kid goes on to say that after he started praying and he realized nobody was coming, he just prayed, Lord, please use me standing out here alone for some good purpose. And it was cool because this thing went viral and people just started tweet, uh, tweeting and Facebooking about it. And his mom reads it and, and was blown away because his mom has chronic sickness. And she's like going, I always feel like a horrible mom. And here all these people are kind of uh, catching fire on the social media and all, on all of the various things. And just going, this is a great kid. And you are great parents. And I just thought, yes, there's one. Love to see much more. But there's one, pushing back on the low road of gossip and choosing the high road of affirmation and praise and letting things catch fire that are good. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. I don't always do that. I want to. My life's better when I do. And when we think about those things, we will then speak about those things, about other people, and about things we see God doing. Isn't it crazy that we become experts at what the devil's doing? We become experts at all the negative things in this world, and we need to become experts at what God is doing, experts at where his fingerprints are at, experts at what, how he's working through situations, people, and circumstance, and to be able to discern what God is doing and be able to speak that into other people's lives. I had people do that in my life this morning. It was awesome. Gossip claims, I am strong and you are weak. The gospel proclaims, I am weak, but he is strong. Gossip is my attempt to make myself feel more valuable, more in the know, to be strong so that someone else is exposed. Spirit-filled living recognizes we all have it hard, and God has called me on this earth to speak life into other people, to speak the truth in love, to be a grace giver and a truth teller. Why? Because I am weak, but he is strong. When you think about God and his view towards you, do you realize that God looks at you and he says good things about you? That that's what he, he says, I love you with an everlasting love. I forgive you for your wrongdoing. He says, I call you into a friendship with myself. I'm inviting you. Be my friend. When God sees you, he sees his masterpiece. He sees the one he created and loves. He sees the one his fingerprints are on and the one in which he's called into ministry to serve other people. When God sees you, God says good things. And he's called you and me to do the same. People spoke lies about Jesus all the time, rumors, you know, gossip all the time. Do you remember a few of them? 
They called Jesus a drunkard and a glutton for hanging out with sinners, people of ill repute, because Jesus loved them and wanted to be with them. But, you know, he got labeled. You remember that there was gossip and chatter about Jesus when he allowed the woman, uh, the prostitute, to anoint his feet with the tears and then to wash his feet with her hair. And they said, oh, he's ignorant. He doesn't know. He's kind of stupid. He's a little slow. You remember when people gossiped about Jesus, that he was a lawbreaker, didn't value and honor God's law because he would heal people on the Sabbath? It was constant in the life of Jesus, dealing with these kind of half-truths and mistruths and lies, out, sometimes all-out lies that would happen around his life. And yet, he would do whatever it took to fend for those who couldn't fend for themselves. He would speak truth into situations. He would stick up for those that were being bullied. And he would seek and he would save the lost like me. I want to be more like Jesus. And he's growing us in, into the image of his son. And he's calling us to that higher ground. And you know where it starts? It starts with just an honest confession that my heart is the problem even more than my mouth and that I, there's, there's this problem with a sin nature that we're kind of bent towards these things that are not always the right things and we need to go to God and we need to be honest and we need to confess that because he says if you'll be humble and confess your sin, he will forgive you of all of your sin and wash you from all unrighteousness. Jesus came to replace that stony, hard heart and put in us a soft and tender heart. So I want to encourage you and invite you right now to pray with me as we ask God to do these things in our life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this series, and I thank you, God, for your word of truth that transforms our hearts. God, I pray that you will help us to use our words to speak life into other people. And Lord, we give you our hearts that when we're honest, Lord, we recognize that in our heart, Lord, sometimes are the wrong things and they, they love morsels that are not good for us, God. Help us to guard our ears and close our mouths and help us, Lord, to gather the facts. Help us, God, to be people of the Spirit, who become wonderfully skilled at seeing where God's presence is rather than His absence. Father, thank You for Your truth in our lives, the way that You convict us and the way that You draw us back to Yourself. Lord, we don't want to be strong and make others weak. We want to glory in our own weakness and realize, Lord, that it's only because of you that we can be made strong. It's your strength. So, Lord, help us. Fill us today, Holy Spirit, with your presence and your power. Maybe you're here today and God has been speaking to you and knocking on the door of your heart, calling you into relationship with himself, and that God sees you and he loves you and he wants you to know him. 
And if that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to pray and ask that you would pray along with me. And maybe all of us can, can pray. Because the, the scripture says, the Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead and you will be saved. If that's your desire today, I want to just invite you to pray that today. Let's pray. God, come in. Jesus, come into my life. I believe you are the Son of God. Forgive my sin. Cleanse my heart. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life, a life of purpose, a life where your Spirit is present. Help me hear those good things you have to say, God. Help me to live a life to your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if today you opened your heart to Jesus and invited him in, I would love to hear about that. It's the smartest, best thing you could have ever done. Our prayer team will be right over here to pray with you. Let's stand up together. If you're new or newer to the church, we'll, uh, we, Pastor Kenny's over here. I'll be over there. I'd love to meet you, give you some ideas of how you can better connect God bless. Have a wonderful day.